This is Out of Office for Thursday the 24th of January 2013. Brand new. Welcome to the Out of Office podcast, where you'll learn how to work from virtually anywhere by using the internet for greater convenience, comfort, and freedom. Your hosts are Chris Pudney and Gihan Pereira. G'day, Gihan. How are you doing? I'm happy. How are you going, Chris? I'm good. Did you have a good holiday? I did. I did. And Happy New Year to you and to all our podcast subscribers. Indeed. And uh, so we've both had a bit of time off, I guess, and we're refreshed and rejuvenated for 2013 and ready for another year of out-of-office podcasts. And the first one for 2013, as Gihan said, is Brand You, and it's all about personal branding. Now, this is a particularly big topic, so we're only going to be scratching the surface today. What we will cover is what personal branding is, why it's important to out-of-office workers, how you can go about building your own personal brand and some principles to guide you along the way. So, as usual, we'll we'll take things in turn, Gihan, so why don't you kick things off? Yeah, and I think that the term personal branding is either something that you're very familiar with because it is a bit of a bit of a buzzword at the moment, or maybe you've never heard of it before. And it's really extending the idea of a, a brand that applies to an organization or a company and extending that to a brand for a person. So, one definition is that personal branding is that the whole process of creating an impression in the minds of others of what it is that you do and what you have to offer. And another way that I've heard this described is that a brand in general is what people say about you. So whether you want them to say that or not, that is your brand. And so personal branding is about, or branding in general and personal branding is about what you do to change the conversation that they're having, to, to make it about what you want them to say so that that becomes part of your identity and your brand in other people's minds. Indeed. So why might that be important for out-of-office workers? Well, starting from the perspective of someone like me who works as an external employee or a contractor for an organisation, one of the problems that we face as out-of-office as out of office workers is that of being out of sight and out of mind. So We need to work a little bit extra hard to build a personal brand and that helps combat this problem because it helps the people you work with, your colleagues, know you better. So they they know what your role is, they know what uh, skills that you have, including not just the work that you're doing at the moment, but also work that you've done in the past, so your experience, your successes. And once they know you better, well, it can help the, help you to get more work. Now, you might be thinking, well, I've got enough work as it is already. I don't want any more. But it can help you get the kind of work that you want, so the sort of work that is a better fit for you. So it matches the skills you have. It matches what you have to offer. And as well as getting you work within the organisation, these days it's seldom the case that you work your entire working life for a single organisation. People change jobs throughout their careers. So it can also help you with developing future job prospects. So outside of the organisation that you're working for, it can help you to get your next job and work outside of where you're working at the moment. And I think everything that you said, Chris, applies just as much if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur. It's just that now when what you were talking about was how to how to work internally as an employee. And exactly the same thing applies uh, as externally as well. And more and more people are doing well, I guess people have always done business with people not with businesses and organizations, but more and more your personal identity and your brand is uh, is important because people do connect with people, especially with things like social media now where Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, they're really set up as personal 
communication and connection tools rather than organizational tools. And I don't know things like Facebook have got things like Facebook pages for organizations. Google Plus has got Google Plus pages. Uh, LinkedIn's got company pages and company profiles. But still, people do want to connect with you at a personal level. So that that branding and how you portray yourself when you're representing your business is is more important than ever before. And and there's this particular group of businesses, the sort of clients that I work with, who are thought leaders. So they might be professional speakers, trainers, consultants, uh, independent contractors for whom their brand, their whole business brand is their personal brand anyway. But I think it's even true for other businesses as well, where the, the leaders in the business and the leaders in the organization have to have a personal brand as as much as they have the brand of the organization. Yeah. Yeah. So... The first step, if you don't already have a personal brand, is identifying that personal brand that you want to create. So perhaps we could start with ours, Gihan. Uh, my personal brand is data visualization. So I'm hoping that uh, people, when they think of data visualization, they think of me as the go-to guy to get data visualization work done. In fact, what I'm trying to do is that when when projects are being developed and thought about, I'd like the organization to think of the data visualization component. I work in R&D and there's a lot of data to be dealt with and I want them to always consider visualization as part of the project and when they think of data visualization, I want them to think of me as a person who can help them with that. And conversely, when they think of me, I want them to think of me as the data visualization guru mm-hmm. so what about you Gihan I guess uh, your personal brand would be bad sense oh. of humor <laughs> uh, no I didn't want to steal that one from you Chris <laughs> uh, mine's online leverage so if you want to if you want to get more of what you're doing online uh, then I can I'm the leverage guy so and a number of people have referred to me as that as uh, one of my clients and, and and mates now, Matt Church, he says, yeah, you want to leverage it, you want to get more of what you do, like Gihan's a leverage guy. And I think that's part of what you want to do when, you, when you're setting up your personal brand and identifying it. So if you've never thought about how you'd like to be known, then some, some things that can help you with that are, are asking you the question, what are you currently the go-to guy for, the go-to gal for? So Chris, you might already be known as a person who you go to in your organization when anyone has a data visualization question. Um, and then like, figure out why do people actually choose you? Why do they go to you for that? And I think it's really important that it's got to be something that uh, when you're identifying your personal brand, is something that you want to be known for. So obviously you don't want something that... Uh, that's going to be a bit of a drag for you. You really want something that uh, that excites you and enthuses you. And it's it's very important that then you position yourself that way. Um, I, I love this thing that Seth Godin says in his book, the, the Dip. He says, be the best in the world or quit. So be the best in the world or quit, which sounds like quite an ambitious thing to aim for. But the key is that you get to define what best is and you get to desire, uh, de- define what world is. So you can decide what what you're going to be the best in the world at, and you you get to define what your world is as well. And I I reckon one of the easiest exercises to use to identify your personal brand is something that I teach clients to do, is to think about the four E's. So what's your expertise? So what are your skills? What's your experience? So like how many years experience have you had? How many number of clients have you worked with? How many uh, multiple projects have you worked on? Uh, What's your education? So what qualifications do you have formal and informal and what endorsements do you have so do you have testimonials or recommendations from people in authority so if you look at those four things they can help you identify your personal brand so expertise experience education and endorsements excellent 
So having identified your personal brand, the next step is to take some steps to start building it. Now, if, again, like me, you're an employee, you need to discuss this sort of thing with your manager. Um, It's important that you get permission. With me being a contractor, uh, it's not appropriate for me to start trying to endorse myself within the organisation that I work for without the blessing of the people for whom I'm working. So... Start out a discussion with your manager and get permission for activities that you use to build your brand. One of the reasons for doing so is that it's important that you align your brand with that of your employer or of your team. So I'm a member of a team and my manager is very conscious about the brand. He's building the team's brand and so any branding efforts on my own part need to be congruent with the team's brand and the organisation's brand as well. In doing so, it's really important that you don't do things like expose your your organization's confidential info. So don't go writing on a blog, uh, a public blog, about uh, a super secret project that you're currently engaged in. Obviously, that's the sort of thing that you don't want to be publicizing. And I think this is really that's a really important point. And as, as you as you say, Chris, there's some things which are obvious, like a super secret project that you're working on. But there are other things that may not be so obvious, but can still unintentionally or inadvertently leak out confidential information. And I remember one story, it was quite a while ago now, and it's not exactly about personal branding, but it's the same it's a, uh, it's a principle here. Uh, you might remember this, Chris, where Amazon.com, they allowed you to, you could look at what people at a certain domain name were buying. All right. Uh, and there was once, one story that came out in the media was there was, the, they found that there's one company a lot of the employee, a lot of the employees from that company were buying books about uh, changing jobs and looking for new jobs. Okay, and you know they were all like each of those individually was buying the book for themselves, and they thought they were buying it privately, and nobody else saw what they were buying. But Amazon was releasing some of this data in aggregate, which they also thought wasn't going to do any harm. Mm-hmm. But somebody tricked. Uh, triggered or, or noticed that uh, that there are a whole bunch of people <laughs> buying books about changing jobs and therefore that maybe said something about well, the state of that the state of that company and the yeah. the stability and reliability of the company so was can it be... amazon.com <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't but you know it can be like you can do stuff that you think isn't going to really make much of a difference and it's it's safe for me to share this but you just got to be really really careful when you're working in an organization and uh, and publishing stuff publicly Indeed. I mean, this podcast is a case in point. I'm always cautious about talking about the work that I'm doing. And um, and when when we wrote Out of Office, I went uh, the Out of Office book. I, I spoke with my manager about that and he read a, a draft copy and he endorsed it and he was happy with it. But I got permission in the first place. So uh, I think that's what we're talking about here. Exactly. And, yeah. And as I said, my manager endorsed it and my current manager, another guy, uh, he's he's very brand conscious. And uh, if you've got an enlightened manager, they'll support you in this effort because it helps helps the team as well as helping you. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you look look at, look at some of the say nitty gritty things of of building your personal brand and what are the what are the bits of your online footprint that you're going to create. So let's go through a few of these, Chris. And I just I guess I'm going to make the point here that you don't necessarily have to do all of these things. Uh, they're probably more important if you're a business owner or entrepreneur. And some of these you may think they're less important if you're an employee, but they're things that are worth considering anyway. And the, and the first one is domain names. It's a very very simple thing to do to register domain names now and you know all the good ones are taken but there's some around personal branding that aren't so the first thing i'd recommend is you have a look for the .com domain name for your name so i've got gihanperera.com um 
I don't know whether you've got chrispadney.com. Have you, Chris? Yeah, I grabbed it. Someone let it lapse. So I, I missed out, uh, but it lapsed, so I've now grabbed chrispadney.com. So we're Great. fortunate, Gihan. We have fairly distinctive names. If you're Tom Jones, <laughs> that's gone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, even, even that said, like I know three other Gihan Pereiras in Perth, mm-hmm. at oh, least. Okay. Yeah, so even though it is quite an unusual name, given that it's now a worldwide audience and a worldwide market for things like domain names it's uh, like Gihan and Pereira are very common names and mm-hmm. so that can't, that combination is actually not unusual so I'm glad that I got GihanPereira.com and while you're at it you might as also might as well also get some of the other the other extensions as well and so I've got GihanPereira.com which points to my website I've got GihanPereira.info which points to my blog which is actually just a page on my website but it's nice to be able to just give people that address uh, I've got GihanPereira.tv which points to my YouTube channel and again that just redirects to a page on YouTube uh, so it's worth registering them they don't cost very much and they don't cost very much to renew and if after a while if after a few years you decide you don't want them just let them lapse but otherwise uh, register them and I think even if you don't have things like a website or a blog or a YouTube channel yet one of the most effective things you can do is create a LinkedIn profile which I know you're going to talk about soon Chris and then just get your .com name and point your LinkedIn profile and I've advised a few of my I guess friends really who are employees to do just that. So they they're active on LinkedIn because that's what you should do as an employee. But I've advised them to buy their domain name for their name and point it to LinkedIn for now. That's a great idea. I'm going to do that. I don't. I haven't hooked chrispadney.com up to my LinkedIn profile. Yeah. So just, I will. And just to forward it. Just forward it directly. Yeah. Redirect. Also forward. Simple. Mm. So speaking of LinkedIn, uh, as Gihan mentioned, it's especially valuable for employees to keep their profiles up to date. So as you attain new skills and new experience, update your LinkedIn profile and then connect, build your professional network, link with others on LinkedIn, keep that network going because that's exactly where the power of LinkedIn comes from, from those connections that you make. Another thing that you can do is write endorsements, which are professional recommendations for other people in your network, and that encourages them to do likewise for you in return. And then another feature of LinkedIn is that they have uh, what are called groups uh, that, are, that cover particular um, subject areas. So find those that are of interest to you, join them and participate in them. That helps other people who have done likewise uh, get to know who you are and what it is you have to offer. In addition to LinkedIn, perhaps one of the most common communication channels that out-of-office workers use is email. So it makes sense to include a small brand message in your email. So add something, a tagline or something to the signature of your email messages and that just helps uh, building, build your personal brand. Having said that, it's not something I've done yet. Um, I'm going, I've, I've flagged it as a, a to-do for 2013, and um, as I said earlier, it's something I'll put to my manager and make sure that uh, he's happy with it before I actually put it into action. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's a good point, Chris, because sometimes people go to the two extremes with email signatures. So sometimes they don't have anything at all, which is, which is not very useful because you actually want some contact information, and sometimes they seem to have a whole page worth of uh, comments and testimonials and endorsements and all sorts of stuff. And I think this is a happy medium where you just simply state your personal brand as part of your uh, email signature, and that can be maybe the only promotion you do, and that might be really appropriate, especially for employees within an organization. Yeah. Look, and I think the the other thing, and the one thing that I'm really big on, is for people to create a blog. 
So your blog is an oh, it's an online journal. Uh, so every every blog post that you write becomes a new page which Google will index, and it builds up your body of expertise and your uh, and over time it builds up your uh, the volume of knowledge which supports whatever you whatever you have as your brand identity. So I think you should set up a blog. Uh, and again, this is something you've got to be careful of if you're an employee. Just make sure that you do get permission, and you may even have a private infrastructure which allows you to blog on your private internet maybe that's all you need but you could also set up a public blog and i think if you haven't got any anything else go to blogger.com and set up a free blog there uh, and if you've got a little bit more technical skill and you're a bit more sophisticated you can also set up a wordpress blog which is more powerful but you don't really need the power of of wordpress in general so set up the blog and then start posting stuff and the easiest things to post are other people's stuff but what you do is you post them and you post a, a link to them. Uh, so let's say you have a news story uh, that you see somewhere. So you post a link to the news story, maybe just summarize in one paragraph and then add your comment to it. Or you could find a, say, a YouTube video or a SlideShare presentation, embed that in your blog and then add a little comment. So add a bit of context as you're posting. And that's the easiest way to get started. Uh, and, and you just start and I'd suggest just set, set yourself a goal of doing one blog post a week. And that's that's all you need to do. And then the next level is to start writing your own material and then publish that to your blog as well. But start by just doing, commenting on other people's stuff. Yeah, I completely endorse what you've got to say there, Gihan. The organization that I work for has an internal blogging system, so I'm actively blogging about the work I'm doing on data visualization on the internal blog. And then in addition to that, I have a public blog where I blog about other work that I do. So I'm also developing data visualizations outside of the work that I, that I do for, as, a, as paid income, where I develop stuff for my own benefit. And, and that's where I, I, I blog to that one. So vislives.com is my, my public data visualization blog. And I think, yeah, blogging is probably one of the most valuable personal branding tools there is yeah and you've actually just reminded me of something else chris with within organizations quite often uh, the the more enlightened organizations do actually have an active intranet and they have tools like blogs and forums and so you might even have a project blog uh, and it may be so i know an organization and i won't say who it is but uh, a friend of mine works in an organization where she the projects that she's involved in they will generally have a blog for their project and the, the blog is to help people within the project team, but also to tell other people in the organization what's happening with, with the individual projects. So just out of interest. So instead of them publishing a, a regular newsletter, which sits in people's interest, they actually publish a, an ongoing blog. And so you might choose as part of your personal brand to, to contribute to that blog. And when you're contributing, you put on that personal brand hat as well as that project team member had and you write posts that way and in that way other people in the organization get to know you through your posts on the blog and there may be people who've never heard of you before but it could be quite useful for you for your career prospects for mentoring opportunities just to to network within the organization but without in a very subtle way and also in a way that demonstrates your expertise absolutely now another way that you can another tool that you can use to help build your personal brand is twitter so before twitter came along uh I would, if I came across a useful article, then one of the ways I would share that was to 
put it into a blog article. But now that Twitter's come along, I find that's a really useful way of just putting a, a short tweet out there with a link to that particular uh, useful article, and and that's it. That's pretty much primarily how I use Twitter as far as publishing goes. Uh, and in fact, that can be automated. There are tools such as twitterfeed.com that you can hook up to your blog, and it will automatically post a tweet every time a new blog article appears. One of the really interesting things about Twitter feed is that, well, actually, it's to do with LinkedIn and Twitter. You may remember, Chris, towards the end of 2012, uh, LinkedIn stopped uh, allowing you to link your Twitter account to LinkedIn. Uh, I can't remember whether it was LinkedIn or Twitter that actually enforced that, but basically, previously, you could have your tweets automatically appearing on LinkedIn and uh, in your newsfeed in LinkedIn, uh, and that's how I connected it up. And they, they stopped doing that. But I've noticed that Twitter feed now allows you to post whatever you post to your blog to to LinkedIn as well. Okay. And so they seem to have closed one door and opened another one. And I've discovered in the last couple of months when I've been using this new service, with, uh, this new option of Twitter feed, that quite a number of people are now commenting on what I've been posting uh, they've been commenting on LinkedIn. So it seems that with my market, at least, the people on LinkedIn are actually com- uh, following following me and actually interested and engaged with me there. Okay. So so I find that to be quite useful. So just just even though it's automated, it's still valuable to, to distribute what you're sharing on your blog through these other social media platforms. Right. The, the, other, the other couple of tools that you might consider are, are YouTube and, and SlideShare. So YouTube, as we all know, is about publishing videos and when you've got when you've got some material that's worth sharing you can record a youtube video so just record a video and publish it to youtube again of course you've got to be careful if you're publishing internal material that again you might want to have have it vetted or at least have a discussion with your with the leaders in your organization about what you should be taught what you're allowed to talk about and then they might leave you to do it so so youtube is for videos and slideshare is like youtube for powerpoint which is which is really useful for people who who can create slides slideshows easily. Uh, slideshare might be easier to do than recording a YouTube video, and for some people it's the other way around. And so you can publish your own material that way. But the other thing you can do is share other people's material. So if you find, if you look at YouTube and find videos, you can embed them on your blog. If you find relevant slideshare presentations, you can embed them on your blog. And while we're on this topic, another thing you can do is find relevant infographics and embed that on your blog. And I notice that you do that quite a lot, Chris. You actually report on a lot of other data visualization uh, news and you bring it into one place on your blog, which is great because I subscribe to your blog, but I don't subscribe to all the other sources that you that you that you subscribe to and that you then filter out and 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 give me the best of the best that's right so if there's uh, youtube is for video and uh slideshare is for powerpoint then visually and visualizing.org are sort of the same concepts but applied to visual data visualizations and infographics yeah so actually do you want to just spell out those urls because they're those yeah. visual ones so visually is visual v i s u a l dot l y and visualizing.org is visualizing, spelled with a Z, dot org. Mm, great, great. So those are some of the tools that you can use to build your personal brand, and embedded in those, are, those tools are some principles, but we'll make them explicit here. So the first two that I'll mention are be genuine. So align your personal brand with who you actually are, so what it is you do and what it is you have to offer. Don't try and make out you're someone that you're not, in other words. 
And in addition to that, be appropriate. So also align your brand with others. So as we mentioned earlier, if you're an employee, this is particularly important, then you need to align that brand with the team that you're a member of and the organization that you're working for. And more broadly, uh, the people with whom you interact, your brand needs to be congruent with that interaction as well. I think just in, as a general principle, if you're thinking about personal branding, part of personal branding is standing out. And so I'd recommend that if you decide, once you've identified what your personal brand is going to be, do take a stand. And in some ways, what you're doing is you're specializing, so you're narrowing down a little bit. And you may think, okay, well, that that prevents other opportunities and prevents me from stepping into other spaces. It doesn't prevent you from doing that, but it does position you as an expert or as a specialist in a, in a specific area. So do take a stand and be willing to take a stand and be willing to be uh, be a bit narrow in the area that you're going to be a specialist in because it's very hard to have a personal brand that's that's very that's broad because it, it tends to dilute the brand. So like sometimes taking a stand means that you have to that you get in, that you engage in arguments whether you have to or not. And sometimes it's okay, but be positive. Uh, so as much as possible be positive and be constructive. So even if you're giving criticism or even if you're disagreeing, be constructive and be polite and courteous when you're doing that. Because part of your personal part of your personal brand is your behavior. It's not just your expertise. And I guess the last thing we'd say is actually do it. So get out there and identify your personal brand and then figure out how you're going to distribute that either within your organization or externally as well. So is there anything else that you want to say in summary, Chris? I guess we could, we'll refer people to a few other resources, but before we do that, is there anything that you want to say about anything else about personal branding? No, I think, uh, I think we've uh, covered it, albeit at a, a fairly shallow level, but uh, I think that's, that's what we've got to say. Yeah, look, there's a couple of resources that I've got, and this is part of my business, is to help people create their create their brand. And I, in, I call this authority marketing as well. So positioning yourself as an authority and using that as a marketing strategy to attract business to you. And a couple of useful resources. So one of them is my free, my other podcast, which is also free, which is called Expert Gold Radio. And every month I do talk about how to position yourself as an expert. So if you're setting up a personal brand, you should definitely, I think, subscribe to Expert Gold Radio as well. And if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you like listening to podcasts. So head over to expertgoldradio.com and subscribe to that. Uh, I also have the, when you when you get there, you'll find my newsletter as well, which is also called Expert Gold. And that has got regular articles about positioning, positioning yourself as an expert. And one thing, the other thing that I've that I have is my membership site, which is called the eGurus community, because everything that I'm doing is about experts and gurus. So the eGurus community, is, it's $50 a month, and you can find out about that at eGurus.info. And what you get for that is more in-depth access, well, to me and my resources. And there's a, quite a lot of stuff in there about positioning yourself as, as, a, as an expert and positioning yourself as an authority. And you can find out more at eGurus.info. So we should also mention the book, Chris. Yes. So speaking of resources, another resource is, of course, our book, Out of Office. Now, while we don't talk about personal branding directly in the book, there are some parts of it that are relevant. So in the cooperate, collaborate and accommodate chapters, we talk about how you interact with others. And that interaction does form part of your personal brand as is interacting with other people online, which we cover in the Let in the World sections. 
Also, uh, if you're living or if you have an out-of-office work style, then that also can perhaps form part of your personal brand. I know that people, you know, friends and, and, uh, and acquaintances think of me as someone who telecommutes, as do the people I work with. So out-of-office does form part of my personal brand. Uh, I don't know about you, Gihan. Yeah, yeah, very much so, because uh, I know people love it when they tell the story of working from Prague and working from Auckland and just, mm. you know, being able to be, and, and doing that at, the, at a time when it wasn't as common as it is now. And I, I guess a lot of my clients are interested in doing the same thing, so they're interested in that. Yep. Great. And uh, how about the book then? Where can people get it? Yes, yes. I think we've got five copies left in print <laughs> and we're not going to do another print run at least of this edition although we may do one in the future but certainly there are electronic copies available and you can get them uh, either the print or the electron- electronic copy at artofofficebook.com great great speaking with you gihan and yes. thanks for another wonderful podcast yeah and i'm looking forward to this year as well chris great uh, thank you to our listeners as well and we'll speak to you all again soon thanks bye chris bye Visit our website at outofofficebook.com where you can read all our show notes, subscribe to the podcast, and get our book out of office. We wish you all the best in creating the work style of your choice.